Hey, welcome back to the Missing Peace Podcast. I'm Cruz, and we're with Jared. And Jared has written a great book, The Missing Peace. And this podcast introduces you to Jared, introduces you to his book. But most importantly, it introduces you to the peace that God wants you to have. Many of us don't know we're missing it, but man, when we discover it, your book helps us really just interject that into our day-to-day yep. living, man. And uh, hopefully you've been following the podcast for a while, and hopefully you've already been following uh, Jared on social, at Jared Neiman, all of the major p- social platforms. Are you on TikTok? No. You don't do the TikTok, TikTok dances? TikTok. Why aren't no. you on? <laughs> My kids are. <laughs> oh, for, your kids are on TikTok? Yeah. Oh, I love that. My kids are on TikTok. No. I just, uh, I don't know. I have I, to protect it a lot. Yeah. yeah, no, I, I think um, I, I think that uh, TikTok is fun, but um, one of the reasons I didn't want I don't want TikTok. Number one is um, like I need another platform right. stealing my attention. Right. Number two, TikTok makes me feel old, man. Like, <laughs> like I remember like kind of like snobbing at people. When, do you remember when Facebook came out? Right. Are you old enough to remember when Facebook came out? Right? <laughs> like, and like we were looking at MySpace people. They're like, oh. You're still on MySpace. (laughs) (laughs) And now like Instagram kids are like looking at Facebook, like, and, but now Instagram is like Facebook. Um, and, but anyway, so like, first of all, TikTok makes me feel old. Um, but number two, like there, there is so much content on TikTok. Like it's, it's nuts. Like, and, um, I, I, I feel overwhelmed on TikTok sometimes. And, um, you know, one of the reasons Jared, why, um, I don't, I don't let my girls, you know, First of all, they're too young to have social media. They're nine and six. Um, but you know, it's crazy to me how much social media and how much just pop culture tries so hard to frame identity. Oh, yeah. Right? Try to tell you who you are. Try to say, hey, you should be wearing this. You should be going here. This is what you need to believe. Yeah. You you know, this is what you should be believing. This is what you you shouldn't believe. believe. You should be mad at these people. And why why aren't you standing up for this? And it's just this whole thing on just trying to frame identity. And identity is so powerful, right? When it comes to living a life of peace, and if I'm going to live God's peace, right? Right. And if I'm going to enjoy that peace, really appreciating and knowing and appreciating who God made me to be, how he made me, why he made me the way he made me is so key. Right? right, like, and, and and you really drive this point in the book, right? Like, you you share a, the the big idea is that we are God's masterpiece, right? Right, and your identity identity is not a mistake, right? Um, as you as you were writing this content, Jared, how how key is it for you, for all of our everyone who reads your book, everyone who tunes into the podcast? How key is it for you? What I mean, how big of a deal is it for you for them to really come to appreciate? identity. Well, I think it's major, Cruz, because your identity is how you view yourself, right? Mm. And from how you view yourself, you will then view the world around you. And so too often we are raised and within our years of growing up uh, from adolescence into teenage years and college and young adult, so on and so forth, we unknowingly will allow certain mindsets or belief systems sure. about ourselves to come in sure and they are designed inherently to rob us or they are contradictory to how god sees sure. us and what he wants to accomplish sure. in our lives sure. and of course what god wants to accomplish is good 
he wants you to live the life of peace that the Bible says you are called into a life of peace. And so we will grow up with certain insecurities or frustrations or self-doubts or fears that we learned along the way through experience or maybe sure. what a parent taught us sure. or a teacher said sure. to us, whatever, right? Let's, let's, let's talk about that a little bit, right? Because like, obviously you and I didn't grow, with, grow up with TikTok, um, but influence is influence. Oh, yeah. Whether it comes through digital, analog, whatever it is, influence is influence, right? So let's, let's talk about some, some influences in, in, in your life that were, I mean, it's easy to talk about the good influences. Charles and Rochelle Neiman, come on, man, like the church, come on, Jesus, great. But let's, let's talk about some influences that, um, because when, when you and I talk about identity, you're so adamant about it, man. You're so passionate, and you're so vehemently, almost like obsessed with making sure you drive identity into anyone who will listen, the right, right. identity. Um, at, where in your life or were there moments in your life where the wrong influence came and framed certain things? Who was that? Where did it come from? And what, did, what result did that yield? Well, I think the, the wrong influence actually just came from within myself. I was very self-critical and uh, demeaning within my own head of myself. And I had amazing parents. I mean, my parents yeah, the best. You know, taught us the word of God and they spoke faith over us and we would do Bible confessions, and I was raised to believe in accordance to what God says about my life, but I didn't because I'm a very type A personality, and as I would fail, I would exaggerate that failure or those mistakes wow. within my own mind, and I would actually allow them to grow into a place that was greater than they should have been. Wow. Instead of just simply looking at it as, okay, you made a mistake, learn from it, move on. You failed, but you're not a failure. You messed up, but you're not messed up. And that's what the, the, that's the moment there in, in a time in your life or a moment in your life, and then it becoming your identity, right? Is do you allow your mess up to cause you to believe you are messed up? Do you allow your moment of failure to then cause you to believe I am a failure? See, once you say that, you have now identified right. as You've taken a failure, that on. right? Yeah. You have taken wow. that on as your characteristics or your belief system, right? And we hear a lot about identity nowadays. Well, I identify as this, I identify as this, I identify this way, I identify this way. But the reality is, is that we need to identify ourselves if we truly want to reach the highest level of development and potential that God has for us and to enjoy the life of peace that he declared for us the night Jesus was born, we need to get our identity in line with how he views us and the identity he has for us. That's a, that, now, that, that's a big deal, right? Because if we're going to talk in the construct of masterpieces, right. right? And if we're going to talk in the construct of artwork, well, like a sculpture doesn't have the capacity to say, this is what I am. Right. This is who I am, right? I mean, there's, there's scripture in the Bible, Jeremiah, the book of Jeremiah talks about going to a potter's house, right? And where, when does the clay tell the potter, this is what I'm, this is what I am, yeah. right? And like, if we're looking at it through, through the framework of, of, of how art works, the piece of art is actually dependent on the artist right. to take, take its identity, right? The, the artist creates the masterpiece, mm. 
Yeah. So let's let's go there. Let's talk, let's talk right. about how how a masterpiece comes about. Right. So a, a masterpiece is de- designed, created, and ultimately perfected. Yeah. Right. Like masterpieces are things that have come into perfection. So they're designed, created, and perfected. Sometimes over time. Like Da Vinci uh, didn't complete Mona Lisa overnight. That took him four years. They say that he carried her with him everywhere he went. Like if he went to lunch, he had the Mona Lisa with him. He didn't leave it in his wow. warehouse. It, she went with him everywhere wow. that he went. And, but it still took him over four years to complete. Uh, there's an amazing building in, in, uh, Spain, in Barcelona. It's called La Familia Sagrada. It's spectacular. I had the privilege of, of seeing it from the outside. But it has been being worked on now for 500 years. I mean, the people that actually started it have been dead now for hundreds of years, and they are still perfecting it over time. Wow. But a masterpiece, it's designed, right? So you're designed. And God designed us as masterpieces. Ephesians 2.10 says, for we are God's masterpiece. Isn't that something to think of, right? So we, we go through society, and we will describe things as masterpieces, right? You might be driving home one day and see a beautiful sunset, be like, look at that masterpiece. You might go to the Louvre in Paris and see the famous sculpture of Venus de Milo, or what we just talked about, the Mona Lisa. She's there, right? And we'll say out loud, what a masterpiece. We might see a beautiful building. I mean, you can go to New York City, right? And these incredible buildings that shape the skyline. And you you might use the word, what a masterpiece. I've sat on a beach before and watched the tide roll in and it comes in and out. And that's actually God's creation. And I've said, what a masterpiece. But you know, there's a lot of things that humans describe as masterpieces. But there's one thing and one thing only that God describes as a masterpiece. And that is you and me sitting here today. And every person that's either watching or listening, you are God's masterpiece. He designed you, he created you, and he perfected you over time. And to me, a major part of a masterpiece is that you were you were created on purpose. Yeah. They, and they I, don't happen on accident. Yeah, and I was I was gonna say that, right? Like because Typically, a masterpiece is commissioned, right? It's asked for. There's, there's thought behind it. And, and the artist or someone will come to the artist and say, hey, this is what we want. Yeah, I want you to create this. Yeah. Well, and that's an incredible thought, Jared, that like the purpose behind my life, behind your life, behind the life of everyone who's tuning in, right, is, has been commissioned. It's not illegitimate. It's not a, just a happenstance or, an or, or, or an accident. There is purpose behind that. You know, there's so much peace in understanding that my identity, my, my being alive, my being created. Now, the means on how I got here, there, there, there may be some nuance sure. in there, right? Um, sure. But the fact, the fact that you came together, the fact that your, that your physiology, that your body was, was framed, created, and you were born is proof positive that God intended for you to exist. You know, I, I'm a... a you know, you, you're, you're into buildings. Like, I know that about you. You love, ar- yeah. you love architecture. Love it. Um, I'm into sneakers. I'm a sneaker guy, right? But like, it, I, th- I, think, I think this principle will work across, you know, across medium and genre that whenever there's a masterpiece, it's one of one. 
right? Like there, there, there's there's pairs of sneakers around the world that it's one of they were commissioned, and there's only one That's there's it. only one of them, you know. And when we look at our, our lives, right, and we look at God's intention for our lives, how much peace should that give us, right? That like we're one of one, and when the Lord looks at us, when our Creator, when the great artists, where the great artist looks at our lives, He's like, man, like look at what I created there. Right. That's beautiful. I think it's it's incredible, and it's so important to begin to believe and to see yourself the way God sees you. Yeah. See, so often you will lose peace in your life because you your identity isn't in line with that. I mean, some people are probably watching or listening, and they're like, huh, if you knew me, I am anything but a masterpiece. Yeah. That's because you have chosen to have an identity that is contradictory to how God sees you. God sees you, even with all that stuff that's running through someone's head, right? He still sees them as his masterpiece. He designed them, he created them, he perfected them on purpose, for a purpose. They are here to represent him. They're here to live the life he wants them to live. And he also will empower them along the way to enjoy that life. Yeah, absolutely. But it's, it's time to reshape to, to use your example, to take the clay and to reform it and to look within ourselves and, and ask ourselves, how do I view myself? Do, have I accepted a perspective within my mindset, my belief system, that's anything but in line with being viewed as a masterpiece? And this is our moment to change it. Absolutely. You know, and that... That right there, changing it, changing the perspective, makes all the difference in the world between us living as a masterpiece or us living as a knockoff, right? right? And I don't think God wants you living as a bootleg or a knockoff. And your book teaches us how to live as an original, one, on, one of one, right. a masterpiece that God made himself. When we come back, we'll talk to you about how to live like a masterpiece. All right, welcome back to the podcast. Hey, so we're talking about masterpieces, bootlegs, and knockoffs, man. Come on, like, <laughs> that's a good episode name right there, yeah. by the way. Um, you know, I, I, love, I love, love, love that living with the peace of God means me accepting who God created me to be, receiving God's identity for my life. And that's such a big deal, Jared, right? Like, I mean, watching how culture goes now and how society goes now, like, there are far too few living original lives, right? Like, during the break, I was thinking about this. Like, man, like, even, even like retail, right? There's not a lot of originality. Like, you can only buy certain colors. There's only like four or five major, I mean, you know, major, major automotive makers or major retailers or whatever. But you pay a premium for things that are original originals things things that things that are unique and um you know i'm just gonna transfer that over to us as children of god there was a high premium paid for our our identity as children of god you know there was a high price paid for us you know and i I really hear it in 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 this portion of the book jared how you have such a heart for people to stop living as knockoffs as copies as facsimiles, right? Like right. That's, that's an old word for just saying copy of 
of images that aren't even godly and really discovering and enjoying who God created them to be. So like there, there's several ways that you teach us in the book on how to live as a masterpiece. Yeah. You know, one of them, which is, which is my favorite, I think is um, don't live life imitating anyone else. Be you yeah. right now. Your experience really lends itself to that, right? Because you, you grew up around the family business, right? And I, I use the word business really loosely, right? I mean, the calling, right? Let's call right. it that, the family calling, um, which is to, you've built church, you've, you've led so many people, and, and the ministry of your family at our church has, has led so many people to know Jesus and to live free. And, um, you know, like, your, your, your parents built it, led it for, for decades, and now, several years ago, now you step, you and your, your sister Shannon step into leading yep. there. There must have been some tension in discovering identity and discovering your expression well, and there, your voice. Yeah, there, there really was. And it was all within my own head. Wow. And for me, it came not in leading a team or helping to lead staff or volunteers. That was easy for me. It came in the act of preaching. And... When I started preaching, I put, I put this unnecessary burden on my life to go try to preach like my dad. That's a, dude, that's, that's a mouthful. How right. often do we do that? Like, we put it on ourselves. We I should ourselves. be I like, have to look this way. Wow. I have to act that way. That's a big deal. Uh, that is what leads me to happiness. Wow. I have, if, I have to hit this milestone, this salary like by them. this time. Right. Wow. Who says? Right. Who said that? Who said that? Just because it looked cute on Instagram doesn't mean it was real. Hello. Just because someone's smiling doesn't mean they have joy. So, <laughs> so I mean, good. the truth <laughs> is, is that all of it's fake. Wow. So much of it's fake. Wow. Um, and so, yeah, when I started preaching, and that happened when my mom was fighting for her life, one week to the next, my dad called me and he said, you got to preach. You're up. You're up. Go get the bat. You're the pinch hitter. And so um, I did it. And, but then I started preaching more. And I mean, it just burdened me. Instead of finding joy in it, because I knew that ultimately was my calling, it was, I actually began to very quickly begrudge it. Mm. Because I convinced myself that the only way the church would love me, respond to me, and accept me was if I was like my dad. So then I was trying to study and preach like, like my father, dad. and I couldn't do it. If you actually know us, my dad and I are similar, but we're, we don't have the same personality. If we were to take an Enneagram test or something like that, we would not score the same. Yeah. We're quite different. But I told myself, I have to be like him. And one day he walked in my office, and um, he said, what are you doing? I said, I'm studying. I said, I was so frustrated. I'd been studying for like four hours and got nowhere. I said, I just don't know how you do this and how you do it week to week. And he said, well, what are you trying to do? And I'm like, well, I'm trying to, and I explained to him his method. And he said, well, why are you trying to be me? Why are you trying to be me? He said, Jared, you got to go be yourself. He said, you're never going to be me. And if you try to be me, you'll just be a, a, I remember he said this, you'll be a watered down version 
of me. Wow. And that's what a copy is. 100%. A copy is just a watered-down version of the original. Diluted. But it's the originals that change the world. It's the originals that will fly across the world, pay money, stand in line at a museum to see the original. Absolutely. We don't fly across the world to get the postcard that has the picture of the original. No, we'll just get that at a a Hallmark store. Who cares? (laughs) We'll order that online. We'll we'll go to extreme lengths for the originals because it's the originals that change the world. It's the originals that build amazing lives. It's the originals. And and that's what God said, right? He said, be not conformed, Romans 12. To yeah. be not conformed to the world, but transformed by the renewing of your mind. Absolutely. What he's saying is get a God identity, grab hold of your identity as the masterpiece I created you to be, and go build the life that I've called you to live, a yeah. life of peace. I love that. So, so you, said, you said grab hold of identity, right? So let's go back to that moment where your dad said, Jared, you've got to be you. Right. So at that point, now you've got the challenge of figuring out who you are. Right. Right. Where'd you start, man? Like how 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 did how did that happen? What did that process look like? I just started to trust my thinking and what came natural to me, because what comes natural to you is your gifts, right? That's that that's be that would be what we call the Christianese your calling. Yeah. Right. That's yeah. that's your talents, your abilities. That's your way of thinking. And so I started to just develop those. What I was doing was saying, oh, though that's not good enough. You need to be like this. And so I I still remember the first sermon that I really felt I developed, like from me. And I got this amazing response. And, you know, I use a lot of transparency. I I use a lot of humor when when I teach. For sure. I like to actually, my goal is that when I'm on stage, that the person feels like we're just talking. Like I'm not here to preach at you, we're just talking. And we're talking about the word of God. And hopefully what I'm saying is helping you in your life. And the more I developed that and began to trust it, I, my confidence grew. My connection to the church grew. Uh, people began to see me and, and look to me as one of their pastors. And then what happened in our church was instead of having Charles Neiman and two copies with Jared and Shannon, we had Charles Neiman and his anointing, his calling. We had Jared and his anointing and his calling, and my sister and her anointing. And they're similar but different. They're the same but different. And so we're all unique in our own personalities, our own identities. But that would have never happened. To be honest with you, I think he freed me in that moment. But every person has that opportunity. You don't have to strive to be someone else. Now, you can be inspired by them. But there is a difference between being inspired by someone and copying them. that plagiarism. <laughs> you know, like right. Just, yeah. I, I think I think there's so much to be said about um, authenticity. You know, when 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 I watch you at church, or when I when I you know when I'm in services with you, um, I think that that's a major major and major component of how people open to you, right? And and trust you. Because they sense the authenticity, um, I think. I think most of us can spot fake a little bit, right? Right? We like you just, you just kind of like, man, there's just there's something about that that's off. There's something right. that just doesn't sit well. Um, and I, I, it may seem a little like a little bit of a harsh statement, but when you're anyone but yourself, you're fake. It just doesn't work, right? It's it's not it's not the real you, right? It's counterfeit, right? And and you can fake it for a little while, right? 
But eventually right. people will see. Right, absolutely. Right. And eventually you run out of the energy, right, to hold up oh, that man. facade and that veneer and right. all that, like, yeah, that's exhausting, yeah. right? Um, you know, but I think, I think that there's, there's been such a beautiful exchange between you and our church. I, th- I think you can, you, can, you, can, you can sense the vulnerability and the authenticity come off the pages of the book, right? There's so much honesty, like, right. you know, and um, to, I, I think that in, in that, um, how did that free you or how, how, did, how did that um, create a place where you no longer measured your, I guess, your, your effectiveness by how well you were a, a version of Charles Neiman and um, stopped comparing yourself? What, what did that do to you in, in discovering your identity when comparison left? Right. So comparison attaches your life to someone else's success. And so if, if you are attached to someone else's uh, metrics or, or barometers oh. for happiness or joy, you'll always fail because they're going to fail. Yeah. And, and or their joy and happiness will not actually then transfer onto you. Uh, so, like, for me, I just began to, tr- first of all, trust myself, mostly, though, to trust God. And this revelation of when, when I really began to study Ephesians 2.10, that you're God's masterpiece, it, it really took hold of me. I actually confess it. I, I, pr- I pray it and believe it. I am God's masterpiece. Now, some people are like, oh, you're so arrogant. No, it's not. If it's God says something about you, you, get, you have the right to proclaim it. And so, it, it, now, don't proclaim it arrogantly, but I, I am God's masterpiece. So are you. So is everybody watching and listening. You are God's masterpiece. And when you accept that from that spot, you can allow yourself to develop your talents, your abilities, your giftings, to gain in wisdom and knowledge. You can allow yourself to then be confident in the right areas of your life. You can understand that when God gives you creative ideas and solutions, that he's giving them to you to do something amazing, right? right? To do something that's regarded, that's wowed, right? Like we do with the masterpiece. Wow, look at that. Oh my goodness, that's incredible. I can't believe it. That's amazing. We, we all have the opportunity to live lives like that. At minimum, to live lives of joy, peace, and happiness, which is how God wants us to live, to where then the generations around us, the, our children and grandchildren, our friends, our coworkers, they look upon our lives and they see the peace of God on our lives. Yeah, absolutely. And ultimately then ask themselves, what is it they have that I don't have? I lo- and I love that you said that because I'm, I'm thinking about the Mona Lisa right now, right? And I'm, th- I'm thinking about when it was painted. Like, there was no internet. There was no broad media, right? right. So it was viewed in, in a really small fashion. Now, hundreds of years later, it's right. like, oh my gosh, because there's mass consumption for, for sure. it. Um, I'm saying that to say though, like just because everyone doesn't know about it doesn't mean it's not meaningful. Right. And doesn't mean that what you're doing as a masterpiece within your family, at, at, at your job, in your church, in your sphere of influence, just because you don't have 70,000 followers on Instagram doesn't mean it's not meaningful. It doesn't mean it doesn't matter. Exactly. Right. 
Oh gosh, man. Like, so, so a masterpiece, I ought to live like my life is on purpose. My life has purpose, right? I'm not here just to survive, pay taxes and die. Right. I'm here to make, you're not make on accident. Mark. You're not damaged goods. That's great. You're not broken. You're not beyond repair. You're, you're not a failure. You're not a loser. You're, you're not any of those identities that maybe you or someone accepted into their life into their mind. You are a masterpiece. I love that. You were designed, created, and perfected on purpose. You're an original. You are cherished. You're valued. You're loved unconditionally by God. He has and will continue to do anything it takes for you to enjoy the life of peace that he wants you to enjoy. I love it. You are a masterpiece. Now, I'm going to put you on the spot real quick. All right? Okay. So, you were called to preach the word. You are called to, to preach the good news, undeniable. So we've got a minute before we got to end the episode. Like a big part of coming into our identity is simply saying, I am who God says I am. So to everyone that's tuning in today, I want you to go off like 30, 45 seconds, 60 seconds and just say, you are who God said you are and this is what God said you are. Okay, right. three, two, one. Go. You are who God says you are. You are a masterpiece. You are the head and not the tail. You are above and not beneath. You are blessed in the city. You are blessed in the field. You are more than a conqueror. Greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. You are not a loser. You are a winner. You are not a doubter. You are a believer. You are not broken. You are restored. You are more than enough, and you can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. Why? because you have been called to live a life of peace. And that is because you are God's masterpiece. Come on, man. Put an amen somewhere. I don't know where, I don't know <laughs> where you're tuning in. Give, give Jared and, and Jesus an amen in your car, right? That was, that was so good. Hey, you can go pre-order Jared's book at jaredneeman.com slash the missing piece and trust he goes all the way in on just teaching us how to live as God's masterpieces. Also, make sure you're following Jared at Jared Neiman on all social platforms, except for TikTok. We're not on TikTok yet, so we might make it to Snapchat. I don't know. <laughs> but hey, make sure you're following Jared. That fire he just he just spit, it's all over his social media. So hey, we believe that you're God's masterpiece and that you are called to live a life of peace. Till next time, thanks for watching.